Welcome to NetHone's Darknet Summary. NetHone is a fintech company that fights online transaction fraud using its proprietary software solution. In order to keep clients safe, we keep track of what's happening in the darknet, the sometimes murky underbelly of the web where fraudsters exchange the tools and knowledge to plan their criminal activities. That's why we've created this podcast, to share with you what our experts have found during their investigations. In this month's Darknet Summary, we take a look at a few key topics to arise in October, from fraudsters preparing for November's Black Friday sales with their own top deals on hacking tools and services, to the latest cybercrime-related raids across the world. But first, we explore the topic of how fraudsters go about their activities in the People's Republic of China. You most definitely have heard of the Great Wall of China, but in the last two decades, the Great Firewall of China has gained as much fame as its brick-and-mortar counterpart. With the rise of the internet, the Chinese Communist Party feared that the open nature of the flow of information could have serious political implications, and therefore sought to control it. Some of the techniques deployed by the Great Firewall include blocking IP addresses, DNS manipulations and filtering specific URLs and keywords. In research conducted by a team of academics from four US and Canadian universities from April to December 2020, it was found that the Great Firewall blocked around 311,000 domains. NetHone's intelligence specialist Michal Barbash explains how cybercriminals operate within China and how this differs from cybercriminal activities outside the country. We often speak about the Russian dark web and how fraudsters target international entities, intentionally avoiding domestic targets in order to avoid raids from heavy-handed local law enforcement. The situation is different in China due to the Great Firewall. International targets are left alone in order not to trigger authorities into action for fear of serious consequences. Net cleanup activities in 2020 alone resulted in over 1,500 individuals being convicted for cybercrime activities. While not targeting the rest of the world, it may seem fraud may be less lucrative for Chinese cybercriminals. However, the total number of online users in China is two and a half times more than the population of the United States. Also, although many international online services such as Amazon, Netflix and Spotify are blocked, there are equivalents to them within China with millions of users. There is definitely no shortage of targets to defraud. Another important difference to China and the rest of the world is the very nature of cybercrime actors. In China, ensuring anonymity takes precedence over building up credo, a stark contrast to Russia, for example, where some hackers rap about their exploits. Everything is done to change avatars, keeping low and being extra cautious to evade sophisticated government surveillance. This solo approach results in less cooperation and trust between Chinese cyber criminals than is evident in other dark web environments around the world. The Chinese dark web is therefore less mature than it is in Russia, where a clear hierarchy exists. Can you tell us what are the most common targets of attack for Chinese cybercriminals and what services are provided in the Chinese dark web? Despite the Tor network being blocked in China, there are still 2,000 daily users that visit dark web marketplaces. The most common are Chinese-speaking Alibaba Market, Ali Marketplace, Free City Market, T-Horse Road Market and Lulan City Market, to name a few. 
They all deal with various goods, ranging from leaked data such as financial institutes, cybercrime tutorials, money laundering service, credit card dumps, pornography, physical goods and malware. Very interesting indeed, Mihao. And finally, have there been any other interesting developments in the dark web regarding fraud in general? There have been movements in the Russian dark web surrounding the popularity of Black Friday sales around the world. Although Black Friday is usually associated with large retail and e-commerce merchants offering huge discounts on usually expensive products, the criminal underworld too tries to entice potential customers with deals of their own. Accounts that have been taken over are offered up for sale at discounted prices in order to make fraudulent purchases on high-value goods. As has been shown on one forum, Various accounts on the Binance crypto exchange, BankQ Bank and iCard digital wallet have been raffled away in a price draw to any customers that have purchased through a particular seller. It's their way of thanking loyal customers. It's no secret that fraudsters love to hide in the ocean of genuine transactions, but the volume of transactions on and around Black Friday and Cyber Monday provide the perfect cover for their fraudulent activities. Therefore, merchants must be extra vigilant in combating fraud. Customers too must be vigilant about the rise in phishing and social engineering techniques, sending emails and or an SMS to visit online shops with links that direct to fake sites in order to steal personal details. Thank you, Mihao. And finally, in other news, Interpol recently announced that police forces across the world arrested 150 alleged suspects involved in buying or selling illicit goods and services on the dark web. Known as Dark Huntor, the operation consisted of a series of raids in Australia, Bulgaria, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Switzerland, the United Kingdom and the United States. More than $31 million in cash and virtual currencies were seized in this operation, as well as 234 kilograms of drugs and 45 firearms. The operation stems from the takedown earlier this year of Dark Market, then the world's largest illegal marketplace on the dark web. At the time, German authorities arrested the marketplace's alleged operator and seized the criminal infrastructure, providing investigators across the world with a goldmine of evidence. That's the end of the Darknet Summary. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tune in next month for the latest episode of the Darknet Summary. Our blog at nethone.com also contains a wealth of expert analysis on the dark web and anti-fraud issues in general, so feel free to check us out. If you wish to contact us regarding anything you've listened to or have general suggestions for us, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Send us an email to contact at nethone.com.